Teach me to dance. Will you? Dance? Did you say dance? Come on, my boy. We're on. Welcome to episode three, the Legends of Spartathlon podcast. David Bone, Dazza, Dazza in the bushes. <laughs> Where are you, buddy? I am in Hampstead Heath, my favourite oh, bushland. No You're not. I'm in Hampstead Heath Seriously? as well. Which bush yeah. are you in, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> the northern section. Ah, oh, I'm in the northern eastern section, the lower this, lip. This podcast might make it onto websites that we don't want to make it onto now that we're both in Hampstead Heath at the same time. We, we may have people to, are going to be asking questions. We, we may have to untick the suitable for kids box. <laughs> uh, how have you been, my friend? Mate, really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, really, really amazing week. Um, we put out a request for uh, future podcast guests. And, you know, that's one of our biggest wish lists is to to interview um, Karimi, uh, one of the legends of the Japanese ultramarathon world, someone that we've had the uh, pleasure yeah. of of running with uh, before in Spartathlon and you know we thought it was a bit of a long shot so put out a um, request on Facebook and a few other places and got some amazing responses back and yeah we've been we've been chatting this week so fingers crossed buddy that little uh, dream boat of a podcast will be happening next week so I've been yeah so stoked about that that's been absolutely amazing beautiful. but yeah beautiful loads of, yeah really beautiful but loads of stuff, you know, obviously, we, you know, can't get away from um, all the race cancellations, you know, we were sort of really, uh, you know, it was a real gutter to hear about the uh, European 24-hour championships and, you know, chatting yes. to our friends who are in, in that team. And, yeah, I think as each week goes by, buddy, very difficult to see any of the really big big events taking place to be honest i mean we, we really hope they will but um yeah it's a, it's a challenge yeah london london marathon's a certainty isn't it <laughs> no way my friend For, Forty thousand people in october <laughs> two yeah, meters not apart happen, is it? no way yeah. <laughs> yeah stay two meters apart do you know one of my favorite things about the week has been seeing the various measurements of what social distancing means to different sort of park authorities. So okay, yeah, in yeah. my local park, Fins- Finsbury Park, I would say that the, uh, the park warden is very helpfully spray painted on the ground uh, and what they think is two metres. I reckon it's about a metre in Finsbury Park. But my favourite <laughs> one was in your local park, Victoria Park. <laughs> the gap was about a foot between the You must stay apart a foot. People hugging each other. No way, buddy. It's it's, it's insane, isn't it? Um, been uh, my my local club, the uh, one of the legends of the club, 
coach Steve, he's been doing these amazing um, sort of podcasts where, you know, he does his usual um, coaching session and he runs it, he records it and then sends it out. And it's just hilarious, man. I mean, firstly, it's a lot of heavy breathing, which, which I love. But, um, you know, he's just literally... Yeah, 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 we'll invite him. But, you know, every few seconds, he's just literally coming into crowds, you know, just the usual stuff, you know, the bonkers stuff, you know, just people hit a park and then they just kind of do whatever they want to do, don't they, and forget anything. So, yeah, it's it's pretty bonkers, buddy. Yeah, man. Do you know, do you know what I've been doing to uh, keep myself uh, interested? Not in running, actually. Well, as we've unticked the suitable for kids thing, you can fill your boots, mate. Tell us what you like. It's definitely suitable for kids. I think every kid should be into this, actually. And I know you'll you'll appreciate it, given your uh, given your previous pastime. So I have been buying vintage bike kit uh, on eBay. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Do you Come remember? On, mate. Give, uh, give, Cam- give us a clue. Campagnolo. Do you remember Campagnolo? Mate, seriously. Number one fan oh, of the Campag. God. I think it's just my favourite stuff in the whole in the whole world. And uh, eBay is like, oh, it's an absolute treasure trove. So, uh, what, yeah. What, I got what are you myself, looking for, uh, buddy? Shiny group sets? So I got myself like, no, I can't afford the whole group set. You'd be amazed, like thousands of pounds. For those like wow. record group sets and stuff, thousands. Yeah, uh, I got um, I got a pair of uh, new a uh, pair of wheels actually. So uh, Mavic Mavic rims. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Campagnolo records record hubs. Um, the other thing that I got, David, which I know you'll appreciate, is a uh, San Marco Rolls saddle. <sighs> that is beautiful, my friend, with some nice little flashing. Yeah, a little bit, little bit of flashing, a, little, a tiny little tear at the crotch end. <laughs> you need to edit that better. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. I've been, uh, been enjoying that actually. And uh, what about what about running? We can talk about running and uh, talk about this week's guest. We've got uh, our very good friend uh, Nathan Fleer this week, who yes. uh, he. Has got a sort of he's, he's a sort of incredibly high mileage kind of guy, isn't he? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. We know Nath since uh, 2017. We were lucky enough to spend some track time with him at the World Championships in Belfast, and many, many, many occasions since. Yeah, yeah. You know, when we're usually sort of ticking along in the 50 mile bracket you know Nathan's often been known to do stuff in the 150s and beyond uh, yeah some, sometimes just running around an apartment block in Banksko in Bulgaria yeah yeah I mean the amount of dedication that he puts into it is is fantastic and he actually yeah gutted for him about the about the Euros the Euro 24s because he, he obviously made the team uh, which he'd been trying to do for uh uh, last uh, year, a couple of years, I think. So, yeah. But he he still has a he's actually got a Spartathlon place. So, uh-huh. yeah. I was kind of hoping that he would cancel his Spartathlon place. Actually, <laughs> uh, the main yeah. focus of this podcast <laughs> is to hunt people down, <laughs> get them off the list. Yeah. Nathan's 
Sticking on the list. God damn you, Mr. He's Flynn. Sticking on the list. And, and, Dan, and Dan Lawson. Dan, Dan you yeah. need to get off the list, mate. Stevie uh, Holyoke, yeah, mate. So... <laughs> yeah. Is Steve Holyoke on the sports list, is he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, you're never yeah, getting on that yeah. list. It's gold. No. Oh, it is gold. It's, 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 a, good, it's a good team. Um, so, the thing that I find really fascinating about uh, Nathan's results... At, uh, I mean, he's won. He's won some. You know, he's won quite a few, quite a few ultras. But um, I think at Spartathlon, he's come. I think the first time he ran it, he was top twenty, maybe nineteenth. Nineteenth. Second yep. time he yeah. ran it, yeah, nineteenth. And then he he ran it the year after. He came he came thirteenth. But he had a he had a problem with he had an injury in the last sort of thirty or forty miles, which slowed him down. But he's, and he, and he still improves. Wearing the still pink in, gloves. And he was wearing some pink gloves. <laughs> it still improved, improved his time. I think. So I was thinking about this uh, when just before we spoke to me. I think that's the thing that kind of thing that gets me about ultra running is that that capacity or the potential or the sort of the dream of being able to improve, and not just improve by kind of like a few minutes, like you might if you train really hard for a marathon. The capacity to improve your performance for everybody, not just not not just for the top the top runners, but for everybody, yeah, it's just massive, and I think that's what makes it so exciting, um, and kind of keeps us keeps us coming back. And uh, and Nathan is kind of you know, he's getting towards the top end of stuff. He's a good example of, of someone who you know he stays dedicated and he keeps he keeps going. He could still be looking you know, to improve. His 24-hour uh, performances and his sportathlon performances by, you know, you're talking uh, hours, an hour, two hours. Yeah. Um, it's it, it's in his it's in his realm, and uh, yeah, it's very very exciting. He's still young uh, in relative terms for uh, ultra running. I think he's in his mid mid 30s, isn't he? So. I think that, I mean there's some some quite some wonderful things covered off in in the podcast by Nath. You know, I mean, you know, it hasn't always been plain sailing. You know, he's had some really tough um, ultras, you know, especially the 24 hours and GUCR last year. So I totally agree with you, Daz. There's a real kind of mindset there as well, isn't there? To sort of know, you know, you sort of take the real good stuff out of some of your races and, and believe in yourself. And, you know, Nace certainly did that, you know, off the back of, you know, mostly a pretty disastrous year. You know, he still went to Albi for the uh, World 24-Hour Championships, knowing that he could run big, you know, believing in himself, trusting in the process, uh, you know, some phenomenal training leading up to it. And Yeah, absolutely. We can get him on, shouldn't we? Mate, let's get the young lad on. Welcome to episode three friend and ultra legend nathan flair hey Nate. hey guys how are you hello mate so nate you have to first of all tell us a little bit more about where you are and that lovely beer that you have in your hand where are you my friend <laughs> i'm in uh, i'm in bulgaria i'm in a bansko ski resort in bulgaria where we spend most of the time certainly most of the summertime um we, we flew back in. We were in India and Thailand for the winter. And uh, we literally got back to Bulgaria the day before they, they locked the country down. 
Um, so we just made it in time. So uh, yeah, like it's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> what's, it's what's what's life like for yourself, Tori, and the kids in uh, in lockdown Bulgaria, buddy? Oh man, like probably similar to 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 well, similar to a lot of places. I think uh, I think in the UK, you guys have got it quite a bit easier in terms that you can go out. Like we've we've been literally stuck in six weeks like the kids the kids haven't been out for six weeks um but it's a little bit more lenient than somewhere like i think france is pretty tough spain is really tough i don't think in spain they can go out for a for a run at all but um we've I've been able to do a little bit in the mornings the last couple of weeks early sort of half five getting up and into the mountains and when nobody's around really um before that i was running up and down the corridor um outside the apartment door so. we we uh we, we saw a video of that Nate. did did you did you actually what's the longest corridor run that you you managed yeah, to do in lockdown? so i think i think it was about 50k like it, it was a it, it was around obviously no gps and i'm just sort of guessing based on the amount of time i was running and but i, I reckon at about 50k man it's tough like yeah. i was thinking why don't they you know the old shopping center races you know the old 24-hour races they used to do around the shopping centers but if they brought one of those if one of those came up again like yeah you know, this is just perfect training just up and down um a corridor inside a, a block of apartments you know you didn't fancy the uh quarantine backyard ultra that that bob ah. and radic and uh mike were uh I did, like, like part of me thought, uh, like, is this the right thing? To, you know, like the immune system and the whole just beating yourself up, you know? And then obviously the kids. So, like, you've got, I thought you'd have to go for three days. So, beforehand, I know, it, I think it went for two days. Was it two days it went on nearly, for? Nearly the record, wasn't it? 64 hours, I think. 64 hours. Oh, like... There's no way the kids and Tori would have allowed me just outside the door to just keep keep going. You know, it'd have been a it'd just been a nightmare. Yeah. So no, it wasn't to be this time. But I I did uh, I did like the look of it. It seemed pretty pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. So Nath, we we um, we Darren and I we first met you. Um, we'd, we'd been chatting for a while. We first met you in 2017. In, in Belfast, which was the uh, the World 24-Hour Championships. And yeah. we three were all in the open event. But uh, even then, we, you know, we were all looking at it, weren't we, in terms of Spartathlon, you know, training for Spartathlon, making ourselves ready, you know. Um, can you sort of tell it, take us back to that sort of time in your running career, you know, when you were, was that, was that your first ever 24 Alan, yeah. in the Belfast? yeah so that was the first 24 and I went into it thinking right I'm gonna run you know I'd, I'd done the maths like we do how hard could it be <laughs> like if I can run 100 miles in in this time surely I can run 160 miles in 24 hours you know <laughs> no problem so uh, that was the attitude I went into it with that wasn't the attitude I came out of it with that's for sure it was a uh, that first 24 is always the one, hey? It's, uh, it certainly brings us back down to earth. But um, yeah, I think 
I possibly went into it, oh, I definitely went into it with a little bit too much confidence. Um, so it was good in terms that it went completely wrong. Um, and like at that 16 hour point, you know, where, where things start to go wrong in, in 24 hours. Um, it, it was a bit of an eye opener and I came away from it. I learned a lesson and I think that then I went into the Spartathlon a lot, a lot stronger from that. Certainly expecting our 16, 17, 18 to be a, to be a struggle, you know, which, which yeah. inevitably is in the Spartathlon, in, in, in anything. Right? Once, once you hit that sort of time of night, um, it's just tough, right? So, um, so yeah, Belfast didn't go to plan, but it was cool. I met, I met you guys. Um, <laughs> and yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what, when, when you, when you, when you left, uh, you know, sort of Belfast, um, you know, and obviously that was kind of around July time, I think, wasn't it? So yeah. it was probably only a couple of months before Spartathlon, you know, um, how, how did you feel about, you know, back then you know how your first ever spartathlon might go nath i mean did you what were your what were your expectations in terms of did you have a how, how good an understanding did you did you have about you know the quality of of the field and and you know the other sort of team gb competitors and which other sort of legends yeah. of sparta might be there challenging that year did you have any kind of concepts of that um, you know, I, I didn't really look at any start lists. Um, I just want first, first of all, I wanted to finish the race. That was, you know, that was the goal from, it is for all of us, isn't it? As soon as we hear of Spartathlon, we want to run it, but we, we want to finish it, you know? And, and, uh, but obviously that little bit of a competitive side that I do have, there were, there were things in my own, in the back of my mind thinking, yeah, I'd like to run a certain time. Um, again, I was possibly a little over ambitious in those goals. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, I think, the, I think I may have been wanting to run like 24, 25 hours that, that first year. Um, which, which, which I didn't, but, um, but it, it didn't really matter. Like I didn't really care like what I ran at the end of the day, as long as I finished, you know, that, that was, that was the goal. That was, had I come away from that, having not finished per, on a personal note, it would have been a bit of a disaster. I'd have been really gutted, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so, so it didn't really matter in terms of the time, to be honest. But I mean, it, I mean, it, I guess it did turn out to be, a sort of quite an amazing first ever year at Spartathlon. You know, you were first uh, Brit finisher Nath, and uh, you know, it was it was quite an incredible performance, really. Sort of thinking back on it now, you know, what was it like to do <laughs> to oh. rock up and you know, yeah. pull it out of the bag? Yeah, like thinking of it's it's amazing, isn't it? It just isn't um, like. Yeah, like I, I remember coming down like the, the you know the, the hill like the last thirteen miles and Tori was waiting. Tori, my my partner, my wife was waiting for me, you know, at the 10 k to go checkpoint, and I was a little bit frantic in like how far how far is uh, I can't remember who maybe Ian Hammett, Hammett. Uh, and Beachy Beachy, but they were they were they were pretty close, 
and I think I was asking about Ali, Ali Young as well. I had a feeling Ali Young would be pretty close behind, you know. So I was like, well, where are they? Where? So I think that was the stage I started thinking about the first Brit. You know, you're that close, and you start. Um, up until then, like you're thinking the first 50 miles, I'm thinking, yeah, it's cool, just keep running. Then from 50 miles to 100 miles, you're starting to struggle, aren't you? And it's just, just hang on, stay where you are, stay ahead. And then from 100 miles to 130 miles, you kind of, for me anyway, I just stopped caring. It's like, just, just get there, you know? Doesn't matter where you are in the race, just, just, keep, just keep moving. But then at 10K to go, I start thinking about it then, you know, like, oh, you know, how, how far behind are they? Where am I? Um, did, did, you I know, think, did you know that you were in the top 20 at that, at that point? No, I didn't. And I think, uh, like, I think maybe four or five people passed me with in the last 10 miles. Mm. Um, but I was literally walking, like, I was walking for, say, half a mile, jogging for a quarter of a mile, doing some squats, stretching, walking, jogging. And then the, the, the half a mile of jogging became 100 metres of jogging. And it was just relentless, you know, for that last 15 miles. And that's something I worked on going back the following year um, with the downhills. Like I really worked on the quads for that last, for that last bit. And I was able to run it a little bit better on the second year. Um, purely down to that but yeah I struggled I think it took me I think that last that last half marathon might have taken me like three and a half four hours maybe uh, just off the top of my head yeah so I lost quite quite a bit of time you know um, compared to Bob Hearn's hour and a half or something what, what was his <laughs> about an hour 40 it's incredible isn't it Wow. So Daz, do you do you remember um, when we saw Nath actually during the race in 2017? In our race. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I do. So I I think you must have finished uh, about 10 a.m. Nath, and I think you probably went back to the hotel, had a kip maybe a beer and some lunch and then came back out, <laughs> came back out, back out on the course in the car and uh, gave us a bit of a clap at about four o'clock in the afternoon, which was very kind of you. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And no, you, I... you, you made sure that you wore your, uh, you wore your finishers t-shirt just to, uh, just to rub, just to rub it in. Right. That, that yeah, we still I, had, I've, so. I've told you before, I, mean, I, I came out and I, and I remember saying, to Tommy, let's go out and see the guys. And that was the year you guys and, James and Jamie were running it together, yeah, the, the four of yeah. So I was like, we've got to get out and see the guys. And, and it was great, you know, driving along the course. And not just you guys, there was other, Vassos was coming through. I managed to see him just before the finish. And, and all other that, it's just amazing, isn't it? Like, you, you, you know what everyone's going through. They're close to the finish. It's just great. So I'm getting out of the car and cheering and clapping. I remember saying it, and I got to you guys and... We stood there for a bit and I said to Tori, I think we better go because we might be having the opposite effect to what I want to try and achieve here. Maybe people are looking at me thinking, look at him, like, <laughs> he's taking the piss. He's, he's come just to rub our faces in it because he's finished. <laughs> so let's, just, let's just get back. <laughs> um, 
but my uh, yeah my my um i was trying it was all um it, it was a boost mate positive. it was a boost we were we're just we're just teasing um <laughs> <laughs> and uh nate if you go even further back i mean you've got quite an amazing kind of backstory of of getting into running and ultras in the first place haven't you can you do you mind telling us a bit about that? Yeah, so um, so actually the Spartathlon was was probably the first race I read about. So I, so, so we're probably going back to so two. So this time five years ago. So it was around it was January two thousand and fifteen. I was like I was nearly seventeen stone, drinking a lot. Um, it's quite a typical story, I think, amongst ultra running. Like you know, it's it's quite a lot of guys that I've since met who have had this, I suppose, uh, an addictive personality in some ways, certainly with, uh, it's wrong to say I was addicted to alcohol, but I enjoyed a drink, you know, I was living, living quite a bad lifestyle, um, living abroad, and obviously there's a, in tourist resorts, there's a bar on every corner, and before I had kids, just my life was totally different, doing all the wrong things. And, and yeah, I was, I was pretty big, unfit, unhealthy. And, uh, yeah, I just started running to lose weight. And I read about the Spartathlon and I thought, oh, wow, this, this sounds... At this stage, I was probably about... I probably got down to about 16 stone. I said, I want to do this. So five months after I started running, I entered an ultra, 50K, um, and it, of course, it's just about finishing these things, you know, and, and, it, and it still is a lot of the time, just about that, that challenge of, of finishing. And Was that the uh, Chiltern Challenge Ultra? It was, yeah. 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 And, uh, a great race, and I think 50k, I might have done it in just, I think, about six hours, just under, you might, you might know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, six twenty, six six twenty one. Was it over yeah, six? Yeah. <laughs> so no, I had five. I had five forty five in my head. I thought I'd say That's... six. <laughs> okay, so six twenty. Yeah, it's um, not, not bad. Not bad for your first time out there, right? You know, I'd like to go back. From what I remember, I think it's a pretty flat. Um, although the Chilterns are a hilly. Chilterns are pretty steep hills. Some of them, yeah. But I think this yeah. actual race was pretty flat. I think there's probably a fast time to be had on there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've never gone back, and so I didn't know who won that race, Nath. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It was a know? chap by the name of Yakov Kozlov in a oh, yeah? time of four hours twenty minutes from okay. Russia. Okay. Okay. I know Nathan Montague has the course record. Right. Um, Nathan, I think he he did have anyway. He, he used to. So um, where did you uh, read about? Um, the uh, about about Sparta and you know and... I think uh, I may have googled like so I I, I started this running and I, th I thought like the ultra I may have read about ultras and I may then have googled the, the world's toughest ultras um, right and at this stage I've been running like a month <laughs> and, and, and I think maybe the marathon de sablers was was like the top you know the MDS and and I thought well yeah. that's that's you, going to cost you a fortune. You quickly discounted that as a uh, a bit of a walking yeah. event, yeah? Yeah, well, I've since come to realise that it, it perhaps is more of a of a walking event, yeah. I, I think. I, not to take discredit anybody that does do that race. I'm sure it's got... 
it has got its own challenges. But for me, it was just priced way out of it. It was way off my budget. And I thought, well, the, the Spartathlon, actually, this is a, a race you, you've really got you've got to work for. Eh? You, you can't wing this. You've got to qualify. And to get into it, I, I best get to work, you know. And, and that was really led me down the path. Okay, I'll do an ultra. And then I thought, oh, I'd like to represent Wales in running. So I thought, what's the, the easiest way of achieving the, the Welsh vest? Um, I thought there aren't too many guys in Wales running 100Ks. So I thought maybe that would be my, uh, I say easiest, not the easiest, but probably the quickest way in, you know. And for somebody that's a little bit older without the speed of the marathon guys. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll try for that. So, yeah, and it, and it all sort of led me down the path of, of qualifying for, for Sparta in the end. Yeah, that's brilliant. I mean, that's pretty amazing to um, just to settle on something, such, such a big target so early in your running career. I mean, did you, did you run a marathon first before you did that Chiltern Challenge or did you just go straight to uh, ultras? No, I, th- I think I'd done a 10K. Um, so the first race I entered was a 10K, the market Drayton 10K. Because I read in Runner's World, they had the, the, the number one race with the best goodie bags. <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, so they were, they, they make the, it's where the Melton Mowbray, I think it's Melton Mowbray, the pork pies. Oh, you got a free yeah. pork pie. Got yeah, a free yeah. pork pies. And Muller Rice were their sponsors. So you got a carton of Muller Rices and you got these huge, oh. huge goodie bags. I'm going to do that. So that was the, the very first race I did, the 10K. And then I think... The next race was the, ch- I may have done a half marathon. So Swansea half marathon was either before, just before Chilton Challenge or just after, I can't remember. Okay. But certainly yeah. there wasn't a marathon. Chilton Challenge was before any, any marathon. Yeah. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. What was your, um, you mentioned about the, the Welsh Fest, Nath. What was the, um, what was your qualifier? to get in and uh, what was the first race that you did were in the Welsh Fest, buddy? Yeah, so the qualifier was, so I qualified, I think, two years after I started running. So I ran the, the Flitchway 100K and I needed sub eight hours, uh, which at the time as well was, was a Sparta Auto. It's not anymore, of course, but it was at the time. But I think I already had the Sparta Auto at that point from 100 mile so it was purely, I was running the Flitchway 100k, purely to try and get the, uh, the Wales qualification for the Anglo-Celtic plate. Um, and then I ran that for Wales that May. So that was yeah, May 2017, I think. Yeah, it's called the, the Meridian, Meridian, Meridian Ultra. Yeah. It was in, uh, in Hull. So they take it in turns every year, England, Scotland, Wales, that year England had it. Um, It's really glamorous. It's really glamorous, this ultra stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Hull. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Do you know, actually... Melton Mowbray. Yeah, that that, that gets even more glamorous. Like, So it's my first call up for for the national team. And they put us, four of us in the team, four guys sharing a, a caravan. (laughs) <laughs> on, a, on a caravan site and the night before it was like something out of Breaking Bad we're all sorting out our, our carb drink um, mixtures you know 
and uh, pouring it in. And we're all in this little caravan with these sieves and powder all over the place. And yeah, this is welcome to international ultra running. <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh, genius. Love that, man. So, Nate, so that obviously after your epic first introduction to Spartathlon in 2017, uh, you know, you sort of gathered yourself up and looked to go back following year. And I have no doubt, you know, you had pretty high expectations of yourself again, you know, having already achieved a top 20 finish, as, as Daz mentioned, you know. And, um, and you came along during one of Greece's, you know, completely unexpected uh, storms. Yeah. Storm Zorba. What was... Uh, in fact, so tell us a little bit, Nath, because uh, Daz and I were actually sat with you in the restaurant. There's a very kind of um, well-known to the British team restaurant that the team have, has this meal with the sort of night before Spartathlon. And I remember being there because uh, Daz was uh, in the race. I was crewing. And uh, you didn't have too much kit, did you, did you uh, Nath? <laughs> No, <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks to you guys. I think it's uh, <laughs> so. Yeah, so we were in. Um, so that year, we'd um, we left the UK. We um, we sold everything, took our our two daughters, our, our youngest child, our son wasn't in school, but we took our two daughters out of school, and decided, yeah, we're going to pack up, leave the UK. We're going to homeschool the kids. We're going to travel. And I literally gave everything that I owned to the to the. I say we sold up. We didn't really sell. We just gave it. Didn't really have much to sell. We just gave it to the to the charity shop. And uh, yeah, like I literally packed uh, a bag, uh, and that was it. And the only stuff I really packed for myself was was running stuff. But we were coming to Bulgaria for the summer, and uh, yeah, like I didn't need a coat. I didn't need anything really like I didn't need a head torch didn't need anything but obviously we're in we're, so we're in Bulgaria for the for the whole summer it's great the Spartathlon's going to be in Greece I had a light jacket it wasn't worth it was the jacket they gave us at the the Belfast 24 hour I don't know if you remember the, uh, the little jacket I, at I, least it was, it was flame proof though right yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's man I, I'm bad at, at things like this like it, it's probably my my weakness like prepper I just want to run you know I just want to put a pair of shorts on and a pair of shoes and run these kick things and, it, and it's put me off doing a lot of races that the, the 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 mandatory kit you know like I think man I'd, I've got to buy the 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 jackets like and and to like to get a decent one it, it, a few hundred quid you know you can Wing it, and I have bought stuff before off eBay, and they just crap. I'm soaked wet through, like the, the jacket from the Belfast 24. You know? so, <laughs> but, but it looks the part when it's on, and I have actually got through a couple of kit checks with that Belfast 24 waterproof jacket because they don't really check. But a lot of races have put me off because I thought I haven't got the kit. Like I, I haven't got the head torch that's going to last me X amount of hours, and. Really, I should just get the kit. You know, I should just invest in it and get it. But uh, I haven't. I, I still haven't. But um, so yeah. So the, the spot. Anyway, I didn't have anything. We were in Bulgaria. I didn't need it. 
we're going to Greece. I'm not going to need a, a full-on waterproof jacket. I'll be okay. I had a long sleeve top, and I had this this cheap jacket that, that I could just get away with. I'll be fine. A few days before the race, I'm seeing reports. It's going to be pretty bad. And I'm saying to Tori, I think we're going to suffer a little bit in Greece. It doesn't look too good. There's talk the race may even get cancelled. Like, that's how bad it's going to be. Like, oh, man, I can't get any kids. I mean, I'm in Bansko in a ski resort in the summertime. So all the, the shops that sell the, the jackets are shut. And the ones they have got are like ski coats. You know, like... I'm not going to get, what am I going to do? So yeah, I, I got on, got in touch with you guys. I think guys, have you got any spare waterproof gear? Um, some warm, some gloves, um, some hats. <laughs> and yeah, you kindly brought some, some stuff over and handed it to me in the, um, in, in the meal, wasn't it? The meal the night before. You, you, I think you end up, uh, end up wearing pair of Dan's pink rerun clothing uh, gloves. Yeah, I had a pair of gloves, some rerun that, yeah, you were given by Dan. And I, I think I kept hold of those for, for quite some time. I thought, because I wore them for the Snowdonia Marathon, which was a month later. I've got a picture of me in them. And I think yeah, I gave them back to you maybe a couple of months. I tried to hang on to them as long as I could because they were pretty smart gloves. But uh yeah, yeah, I think you've got them back now. <laughs> there, there's, uh, there's, there's clearly a, a pretty epic um, set of pictures uh, of, you know, of, of many of the runners, Nate. There's, there's a particular one of yourself, you know, coming down the, uh, the infamous stretch to, uh, to the statue to King Leonidas. And it's just, it's just incredible, isn't it, that the weather sort of how soaked you were and you know for for any of the listeners you know this you know one of the the real sort of strengths the sort of phenomenal scenes of any spartathlon is just how the town of sparta takes it to its heart yeah. and you've got this like kilometer line street with families and kids running beside you and you know, you get to the statue and you've got, you know, the sort of people with the presentation that year, absolutely nothing. Yeah, there was no <laughs> history. There was literally one clap as I ran, and it, and it was Tory. And usually you have the, the crowd and, and I, literally I had a, that was it. Like, go on now. And I'm like, but still so happy to reach that statue, you know, like, yeah. Okay, you. I feel like I, I was shortchanged a little bit because I missed the whole thing. But nothing beats that feeling, eh? Of, of reaching. It doesn't matter what. Like it doesn't matter if there's nobody there, you know. Um, like I was going to go and run it last year as um, over three days. So I, I wasn't doing. I was going to do it as a training run, and because um, I was doing the 24-hour race in France in October. So I was going to go to Sparta and just run it over three days before the race. And I, I didn't end up doing it in the end. I decided it probably wasn't the best thing to do. Like, and I think I had a little bit of a niggle anyway, but um, yeah. And even, I just know even running that on my own over three days, reaching that statue would have still felt so special. Like it's, mm. you guys know, like it's just amazing, isn't it? It's what, it's just what makes that, that, 
oh, it's just it's everything isn't it like i think you you build yourself up for so long yeah. training and you just visualizing reaching that statue that when you get there the emotion just it's just hard to to contain i think you know certainly the first year and then the second year because of all the emotions because of everything like the weather um i didn't know whether i was going to finish that year um yeah like it was just uh just wonderful but some would say we we, we got away a little bit light that year because with easier conditions, easier, I say easier condition, it wasn't. Like if you're running in it, it didn't feel easy, you know? No, it just didn't feel easy, but I guess in terms of uh, the usual problems of yeah. extreme heat, it wasn't, wasn't there. It um, wasn't there. And I feel yeah. I have to go back and, and run it because two years now, the two years I have done it, the first year was a cooler year than mm -hmm. usual. Yep. And the second year was the was the hurricane, and so yeah, I need to go back on a very hot hot year and and do it. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. I mean, I I feel like a bit of a cheat actually with my uh, with my two, but although it was quite hot on the second day in 2017, so we did we did get a bit of a a bit of a taster. But um, yeah, you you did you didn't. Because you're too fascinated, you didn't you didn't experience that. You were finished by ten in the morning, like, That's like how we said earlier. Lucky. To be honest, if I'm being completely honest, the, the hurricane year as well. I just I just missed the worst of it. Like it, it yeah. started when I was about again about ten miles from. Although we had bad weather the whole of the first, like like I I really don't like running in the rain, and I really and I and I've been training in Bulgaria. We're right next to Greece. So I'm waiting for the heat, man. I know I'm going to, oh, I thought I was going to crush the heat. Um, I went to the Vol State uh, in Tennessee last year thinking the same thing. <laughs> I am going to crush this heat. And, uh, yeah, I realized maybe, maybe I'm not quite as strong in the heat as, <laughs> as what, I'd like to, <laughs> what I'd like to believe. Um, so maybe I did get away lightly at Sparta. Maybe I, I do have to go back and think, I think, and, prove to myself that I can uh, I can have a good a good run uh, in a in a hot year you know what what would uh, what would constitute uh, success there for you next I mean it's pretty uh, uh, pretty some pretty hot competition right yeah like um, if I go back uh, I wouldn't like to you know it's it's still it's, it's always about finishing it eh? it's it's always like it's always the goal yeah. Even so, the second year I went back, the hurricane year, I felt I could take a few more gambles, if anything. So the first year, the, the the mountain, I think it took me like an hour and a half to run that two miles or whatever it is up the mountain and down the other side. Yeah, it took me forever, like because I'm walking, I'm tiptoeing down because I'm terrified of falling, terrified of of, of injuring myself, and, and then terrified of not finishing the race. So. The second year I went back, I thought I can take a few chances. I, I can push a little bit harder. I can gamble a bit. And if I don't finish, it's it's not a disaster because I finished. I have finished it before, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I think we can always take those risks. And and I think if I go back again, or when I go back again, I'll I'll take quite a few few more risks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think um, you just have to look at. 
there's, there's a few runners who have done this. I mean, there's a Greek guy called uh, Nick Sideridis who kind of started off in the in the 30 hours and he ended up finishing third a couple of years ago um, with a really great time. And then, you know, look at um, our dear friend, Mr. Mr. Higgins, who, yeah, you know, he's run it three, two or two, twice now. And uh, last year finished, finished fourth um, in a, a stonking time of, I think, 25, 25 and a half. Um, and, you know, if you look at the, when you came 13th a couple of years ago, there's actually, there's a cluster of runners that are kind of like, you, you're, you're only an hour, you're an hour off top five. So you've got to kind of be thinking, right, that you can, because I think you had a shin problem as well, didn't you, in 2018? I think without those problems, you've got to be thinking that you can, you can be up there challenging think, those guys, you know? I think, th- yeah, I think... So, so that year I was aiming for 24 hours again and I, and I believe that year I, I could get it. But I think, uh, I, I don't, who knows what would have happened. Like I do, so, I do think, had I, had I not, without blaming the shin, so, so with about 30 miles to go, I could barely, uh, well, I couldn't run anymore. So I, I, I think I walked, hobbled most of the way, um, from about 30 miles to the last 10 miles, I was walking a lot. I know we, we all mm-hmm. tend to walk a lot during that time anyway, but I felt like I should have been running. Mm-hmm. I think maybe yeah. at that stage I may have been eighth. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I think but you I was, must have been. Yeah. I was closing in. You know, I, I was running. I was, I was going well. Like I, I, I was just flowing. And then I just had a, had a bit of a disaster where I was just walking and getting past and past. And... And yeah, I think a lot of the times maybe we look for these, whether the injury was as bad as looking back, you know, was you it as bad remember, as I, can you? Yeah, you can't yeah, remember. Was it as bad it as I thought yeah. it was, or was I looking for an excuse because I wanted yeah. to walk a little bit, you know? <laughs> it, who knows? I like to think, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. And I was on for probably twenty-five hours that year, which I think yeah. may have may have got me to a stage where I may have been competing for that podium. I may have been pushing yeah. on to get a little bit quicker to try so, and get onto the podium. You know? Yeah, so Joe, Joe Oliveira was third in 24-33. Yeah, so had I so, been around the 25-hour mark with a couple of hours to go, yeah. you, you maybe I'd have found something else, you know, and, and Nick, you know, maybe, who knows, who knows, and, and yeah. who knows if the injury... What I do know is after the race, I was struggling for another sort of three weeks walking. So, so it, yeah, it was, that's it was a sign that's quite bad, right? Yeah, it, it was pretty bad. But was I able to push more than I? Who knows? I've got to go back and, yeah. and do it, haven't I? You know, instead yeah. of. But it is interesting looking at some of the, the, the people that crop up. So there's, there's definitely a sort of theme of improvement. Um, so to Tomas Bodis, uh, for example, was fourth that year in 2018. Subsequently, won it last year um, and improved his time by another hour, hour and a half, or whatever. So, I think it goes to show that even at that sort of top end, where people are turning out really good performances, they find ways to they find ways to improve and they find ways to chop quite significant chunks of time off. And that's definitely the case for you, right? There's yeah, there's opportunity think, there. And I think yeah, I think there's quite a bit of. I think I know where I can um, improve. I did improve yeah. a lot that second year on, on the, the last downhill, like I, I mentioned earlier. 
that 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 the downhill repeats that I that I do in training. The, the closer the race gets, yeah, I think they work. And there's a few other things that I've figured out in the last couple of years that I'd, I'd be aiming for. Um, yeah, I'd be aiming to go quite a bit quicker than than I have done. Whether whether I can or not is another thing. But I, I like to think. Hopefully, hopefully I can. Whether that's this year or not, I, I don't know. Yeah. And talking about this year, there's something else potentially yeah. on the horizon, isn't there? Yeah, man. So, um, so I'm, I'm hoping I won't be doing Spartathlon. So, yeah, yeah which sounds crazy. Podcast, mate. Say it again. Don't say that on this podcast. Yeah, I know. It sounds nuts. <laughs> and I never thought I'd say, like, I hope I don't do Spartathlon. But yeah, I was I was selected for the for the British twenty four hour team for the Euros. Um, yeah, congrats, man. That's yeah. that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Yeah, over the moon with it. So that so that was the reason I didn't do Sparta last year. So I, I went and ran, as did you, David Alvey. Um and that was my my target race last year to get the GB qualifier, which thankfully I did. And then, and then, yeah, where you've got your Sparta Auto for this year. Just, just, just to give um, a little bit more context, Nate. I mean, you know, we, we've already shared on this podcast, you know, you've achieved some quite spectacular things in a, in a real sort of, you know, ridiculously short amount of time. But it, I mean, it hasn't come without um, some difficult races, yeah, and, and especially in this in the sort of twenty four hour uh, sphere, which you know, you already sort of um, sort of highlighted, Nath, you know, it's, it's a pretty tough uh, genre to crack, isn't it? And, you know, you, uh, you know, you went, was it, uh, you went to Norway, didn't you, which is quite a well-known 24-hour yeah. circuit, and you've done a few 24 hours that, that, that were tough, buddy. So, you know, how, how did it sort of come together for Albie? You know, you had a pretty special race there, you won the open event. I was on the track with you, I... Yeah. I I did the biggest mistake in my running career, which was to outrun you for five hours and then <laughs> shoved in the dirt for the other 19. So how did, how did you get it so right, Nathan? I got it so badly um, wrong. I'm not, I'm not sure you, you made a mistake. I was going, I was adding the, the walk breaks in at the start. So, you know, I, I think I think outrunning me doing those first bits probably wasn't a mistake for you. It's just I was adding these walk breaks in. And, and you you probably weren't and and they, they worked for me I felt it was a bit of a gamble going into it like I, I've run all the other 24 hours I don't like this I think once I start to walk um, your head or, or what I thought beforehand if I start to walk I'm gonna I'm not gonna start running again you know it's but they, they helped they, they, they helped a lot and as long as I was really I dialed into them I was really conscious and strict with the time I was, the duration of these short walks and when I was having them. And they really did give me something to focus on. So every sort of 5K, 10K, that's all I thought about was that next, that next walk, you know? Um, so that was something. My, my training was a little bit different again. I, I um, yeah, I added quite a bit of, quite a bit more sort of, speed a bit more of a speed element into the training instead of just the 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 plodding you know the the 150 180 mile weeks of just constant running at a constant pace 
I was still doing that kind of volume or there and thereabouts, but with a little bit of speed. Um, and yeah, just, just a few different things I did. And, and my mindset was different. Um, I had a few bad results. I had a bad first six months of last year in terms of, of race results, you know. I think uh, the Anglo-Celtic plate, again, I was selected to represent Wales. I didn't finish the race. I dropped like 46 miles, you know, mile 46 out of, out of 100, out of 62. There's, there's not long to go. You know, you, you've got a Welsh vest on, you're running for your country. I was still the leading Welshman. Um, and I dropped like, well, like, so that played in my mind. And then a few weeks later, after that, I went to Grand Union Canal and you guys were kindly there to crew for me. Um, and that crewing job lasted a lot less than what you probably anticipated. So I didn't finish again. Um, yeah. Then I went to the States and, and did Vol State, which is 500 kilometers across Tennessee. And I got to around 100 miles and dropped. So yeah, just bad race after bad race. Um, yeah, one after the other. So yeah, I, I went there. I, I thought I'll leave the racing alone and just, just focus on training. And yeah, I'll be the 24 hour was, was just the goal. And, and I looked at it, okay, all these, these bad results were just, just steps towards Albi now. Like, you know, that, that was the goal. Those races didn't really matter. Okay. They, they're, they're big races and running for your country is, is, is an achievement, you know, running for Wales. It's, but I was never going to win the Anglo-Celtic play. Wales, if, if I'm, you know, we, we were never going to win. The, the English team, the Scottish team, they, 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 they were running away with it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and I just, you know, they, 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 there's a lot faster guys there. So it was never a, a big goal, but I, I should have still finished the race. But, yeah, Albi was the, was the goal. So I used those, those bad results to, to motivate me um, to, to really crack it at Albi. And there was no way I was going to, I was going to stop at Albi. You know, there's just no way. I sat down at 100K, as we do in a 24-hour race. Oh, the mind starts, you know, you're 100K in. It, that's, for me, anyway, that's the point where it, it really starts to, to hurt, you know? And then I started being sick again, which has been a bad thing. That was the, the thing that most of those bad results last year was, was from sickness, which then plays with your head. Yeah, there was no way. Man. In Albi, I was literally puking at the side of the track and and going again, you know, and it just wasn't going to stop me. So I think, yeah, my mindset was was where it needed to be, and I think that's it. In in all of these spartathlon twenty four, it's just belief, isn't it? You can train, you have to train. You've you've got to be able to finish the race, and you've got to be able to. Uh, to run the the distance or the time you want to you want to achieve, but if you don't believe you can do it, it doesn't matter what training you've done. You're, you're not you're not going to finish. But if you believe you can, you can probably get away with a lot less training and a lot less talent um, if you just believe. You know, and uh, and that's that's been the thing for me. I think right from the start, you know, like running spartathlon so soon into my ultra running career or running career I think it's just belief mindset and um yeah yeah I, I think that, and that that's that that was the difference for me at Albi anyway for sure 24. Where, where where do you see yourself um 
Nate, from a kind of running perspective, you know, in five, ten years' time, buddy, do you sort of uh, allow yourself to think what you might oh. do in the future? Yeah, you, you, I wouldn't want to say you know what I uh, <laughs> what I think because because again it's it's belief. You have to have an element of a belief, and but if you say it, maybe you come across as <laughs> as overconfident or or cocky or I don't know. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'd like I'd like to. There's a lot of things I'd like to achieve, you know. And the 24 hour GB team has been a, a goal of mine. Um, for the last couple of years, now I've got into the team. Hopefully, we'll, I'll get a chance to run for the team this year if if the race goes ahead. Um, but you know, I don't just want to run for the team. Like I, I want to win medals as part of the team, and and uh, I want to win individual medals. And yeah, like I think there's a there's a there's quite a big improvement I can make. Uh, or quite a good improvement I want to make. Um, and I think I know what I can do with my training to, to see quite a bit, bit of an improvement. So we'll see, we'll see. It's staying fit, isn't it? You know, we can, if we can do the training and we can get the improvements, but we've got to stay fit and healthy. And, and, I, and I believe if I'm still able to run and train as I am in five, 10 years, then, then I'll make those improvements. Um, yeah, we've, we've got to believe. <laughs> nice, buddy. Yeah, really like that. What what, what about um, so Nate? We we know you extremely well. You're not only <laughs> fantastic runner, but you're also you know a fantastic run coach. And uh, with Tory, uh, a couple of the world's best race directors, <laughs> voted St St Ilted's. Uh, race ultra race in uh, in wales voted the one of the uh, best the friendliest um <laughs> races in the uk which is a great yeah. accolade it's a great race you know how what's it like uh, you know combining your running with run coaching and race directing nate do you enjoy oh, all yeah. three equally or yeah the, the, oh, there's no better so so in terms of the, the coaching it's great you know when, as you guys know, as coaches yourselves, when you're athletes, it's great. You get when they sort of achieve their goals, and you play a small part in that. Um, I don't like to really take any credit for what they do, but I do have a have a sense of satisfaction when they do achieve their goals. You know, they put the work in, but you think, yeah, I've, I have played a, a part in that to help motivate them and give them the sort of tools. To, to achieve those goals. So yeah, the next best thing from achieving my own goals is seeing seeing my runners achieve the goals. And the same with the race. You know, it's, I, we try, I try and put every, all the runners, so it's getting busier. Like this year, we should have had, the race should actually be happening this coming weekend, as you know. And we, we would have had about 400 runners this year, which is quite a jump for us. And every year I've made a point of, putting the medal around every single runner's neck and shaking their hands. And, and I love it. Like, you know, people say, oh, you know, some of the reviews, they say, oh, it's, it's amazing that Nathan does this. But I think, guys, you don't understand the, the satisfaction I'm getting from that. You know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's more of like a, it's, it's, it's a selfish thing, is it? Because I love doing it. You know, I, I really get a buzz from greeting everyone because it's such a big thing, isn't it? Like these guys, it's their first ultra. So we've all done it. We've all been there. We know what it's like to finish that first ultra. And uh, 
yeah, to, to again play a small part in being able to put on a race that, um, that, that people can achieve something something so amazing, you know. And did, did, the, uh, did the race director of the uh, Chiltern 50k put the medal around your neck next when you um, finished? Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think he did. Yeah, I'm not sure if he nice. was the race director, but but somebody there. I, I think I think maybe he was, but I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think somebody put a medal around my neck anyway. I was that elated at the end that I don't <laughs> I don't really know if I remember right, but uh, yeah, it's it's just great. I think yeah, I see those runners finishing, and even like you guys have run that. You know, even for me, like if I, if I run. Any race now, you know, whatever the distance, we're just so happy to finish, aren't we? You know, it's whatever the distance. And we've done things like Spartathlon, but still, we go and run a marathon. Man, like, it's just relief and, and the elation just finishing these races, you know? So, yeah, so I, I love it. I love putting the race on. Uh, Tori really loves to organise the little things, like the... the say the little things like that they're big things like taking some importance away from her there but you know the checkpoints and um she really prides herself on these picnic checkpoints and yeah we, we, we it's cool it's, it's it's a great race we seem to have built a, a small community and uh it's like a sort of cult following really for this little race in wales it's it's great unfortunately it can't go ahead right now this week so we've put it We've had to postpone it until October, and it's just yeah, touch wood. It, it we can go ahead in October. Um, like you guys, your race. Have you? Have you uh, you've postponed your race now, haven't you? I think you were the last ones to. You were holding <laughs> out, right? You were. You were the last race to postpone. Um, I think. I think if anybody has a uh, a medal or a T-shirt with a finished race with 2020 on it, it's going to be quite a collector's item, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really good at that. I didn't get to do any races. I don't know if you guys did. Did you get to do any this year, the beginning of the year? Oh, yeah, you did the ARC. Yeah. ARC, didn't you, Day? ARC of attrition. Yeah. So we were in India and Thailand. I had a list of races to do over there. But I thought, nah, I'm just going to just train and just in- enjoy the... The, the, the sort of whole thing of being in those countries and just running for the love of running again, you know, with no pressure races. But now I think back, God, I wish I'd done those races I'd, I'd planned to do because, well, yeah, I may not get, get a race this year. You think it's going to happen, Nate? Uh, I hope so. Like, uh, I, I, I think so. I really, obviously, I hope the 24-hour Euros happen. I hope Spartathlon happens, whether I'm running it on... So if I do the Euros, obviously I won't be running Spartathlon. But I need to make my decision on Sparta because I've been a little bit naughty. I've kept my name there. I don't think the, the Sparta... I don't think they're changing anything or requesting anything right now. So I don't think it makes a difference whether I tell them I'm out. I don't think they're inviting anyone off the wait list just yet, are they? Um, no, not yet, buddy. So, so I've kept my name in there just in case the Euros are cancelled and Sparta goes ahead. Um, I can, I can sort of, I can do that, you know. But um, yeah, we, we'll see. But I hope both those races goes ahead, and I hope Sinistrids go ahead. And if not, I'm entered in the Gloucester 48-hour race in October. 
Um, it's a small field. So hopefully that will go ahead if the others don't. But we'll see. Hey, who knows? Who knows? In interesting times ahead, mate. I mean, uh, mate, I just hope we can uh, get to see each other in person, buddy, and uh, just, just do some training, you know, like we used to, mate.